Welcome to Full Metal RPG. I'm Richie Buzzkill, and tonight I've got a Switchblade bottle opener and a bottle of beer because we're going to be drinking and talking role playing games. And I want to introduce the crew. We'll start with uh, Kayla. What's up, Kayla? Hey, I'm back again. Hey, look. Talented people are back. Hooray. <laughs> Wait, where? There are talented people? Oh, and that's Paul. Just, he's only my oldest friend. It's fine. <laughs> Salute. <laughs> and Noland. Noland is up? also back. I'm back. I'm drinking a sentimental gentleman. I have got a founder's breakfast stout at uh, 7.30 in the evening. So, <laughs> the appropriate Guess time. later here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys are on the East Coast time. I'm on the Arizona time, which is the only appropriate time because it doesn't change. It's always the same. Everyone else is wrong. That's because all the frame. clocks melted. <laughs> That's right. They melted into lovely Dolly paintings and then went into the Tampa Salvador Dolly Museum. True. It does appear to be in the desert. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that would be hilarious to recreate. Um, but this is, we're recording on our typical Saturday night uh, role-playing uh, session, but nobody, I don't think, we kind of paused our campaigns for the December of winter, no regrets, all parties, but no one has parties. Everybody's just too tired to run. December. <laughs> now, how are you going to manage scheduling in December? Like, around oh, it's the impossible. It's... Well, especially since we we wrapped up Delta V, and like starting a new game in December is even worse, right? Yeah. One shots. Well, actually, hilariously, I just started a new game, but I'll talk about that after because you mentioned Delta V, which is the game I just run. We just wrapped up, which is a little I think uh, a lot of people will go will go. Wait, what about this description? Because I ran a space game using a 35 year old system for an IP that just wrapped up, but not that IP. So. Uh, the Expanse, and I know I've talked about this on the show before, but Expanse is one of my favorite shows. I love the hard sci-fi with the aliens interjected, and and so I I tried to buy the Expanse RPG, and then I didn't uh, didn't really dig it too much. There's some interesting stuff to mine there, but I finally said, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna run it in. First edition Western Star Wars because I got that lovely, lovely uh, anniversary edition that came out uh, a couple years ago. You know, and there's a running gag in our group about Western Star Wars, Paul. There is a running gag. It's been running for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's somebody that is not here who continuously talks about how Western Star Wars was <laughs> the best Star Wars. And I think he's right, but also he should have run it by now. <laughs> yeah, he can run it any time if it's the best game ever. Yeah. Right, sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm eagerly awaiting, much like I'm eagerly awaiting the uh, someone to run Aliens that I purchased the, the book for. Uh, we all know that's not going to happen. <clears throat> so we're Apparently gonna... this is shots called, shots fired. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to fire <laughs> shots at all our friends that are not here <laughs> that should be here on a Saturday night. So, you know, what up with Finn and Caster? Anyways. 
So RBK, you didn't go quite back to the beginning there about Delta V. I seem to recall playing uh, both Traveler oh, and God. Microscope. Oh God! <laughs> in, in preparation to run RP, run Delta V. So okay. Tell us about that. So we had a false start. Had a false start with Traveler because I was like, "Oh, I you know Traveler being a, out about the same time as Star Wars." You know, it has this hard science fiction legend. And then we made characters out of the main book from the original Traveler and like the original, original Traveler, the original, original Traveler. And it was fun. I think was it not and fun to make characters? None of us died during character creation. It was, which was the main it, thing I knew could happen about. Traveler. It was close, though. Traveler. There was definitely a lot of people that could have died had they rolled one number higher. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um but after we made characters i started trying to figure out how much a spaceship was and i went uh and i closed the pdf with a fuck this <laughs> <laughs> um then we played microscope in order to set and, and we did actually use the microscope yep setup, that was great right yep. um it's not a perfect way to set up the game because there was some like ambiguity and we maybe needed to drill down on the his the closer to history but it it, it was more of an improv history game than a role playing game cuz we didn't really we did a little tiny bit of role playing but it wasn't enough to i feel like it was worth the time to even try um yeah we got a time we got a pretty good timeline yeah but only like a very only a tiny tiny sliver of the timeline we laid out actually you know appeared on screen and almost none of the role playing we did appeared on screen but you see, know it was relevant to our game like yeah i mean i don't the tiny slice of it i don't know is a, necessarily a problem because that gives that gave rbk like stuff in the back of his head of like where he's coming from and where he's shooting towards sure, once sure. he goes to actually run the game but I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of somebody actually playing Microsoft or anything other than World Microscope. <laughs> Microscope, not Microsoft. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. That must be, I, I just got my vaccine booster, so it must be kicking in. <laughs> you got that 5G kicking in? The 5G's <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, um, I like. I liked it because it, it did give a backstory and everybody kind of had this meta view of the backstory. Um, but we mostly forgot about it. <laughs> there was, I really kind of tried to mirror. Ooh, excuse me. Sorry. Burping. Uh, sorry, Canada. Cause I know Canadians in particular, according to happy jacks are particularly offended by burping on, on uh microphone. Um, they put Kai's cheese on French fries. They don't get to be offended. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but I, I did you, <laughs> we're, we're just shooting fire. We're just shots fired, dumpster fire tonight. So like, it's fine. Um, but I did use one of the more detailed scenes is cause I mirrored it at the end because essentially, uh, the background was like the universe found stargates. Like it was more of a stargate start and that the, 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 uh, 
humanity moved out amongst the stars and then the stargates collapsed and didn't work anymore and the system that this this system happened to be one of the systems that continued going and was able to get through the the filter that would be the war after um after this occurred and the corporations that won the war um but of course then they had to reinstate a civilian government and and be cooperative with the military so they had to kind of reform it was a reformation and it was the douglas system and the douglas corporation happened to be the most uh uh powerful corporation we happen to have uh Thelonious Douglas as one of the player characters <laughs> yeah I still can't decide whether Thelonious is a good guy or not he's well, well that's the perfect corporate character you cannot tell if they're a good guy or a bad guy you played a perfectly a perfectly correct yeah you, uh and we're trying to, I was trying to use the uh more of a uh hard vector hard science fiction science fiction uh sci-fi setting because everybody had to develop ships and kind of go around in a couple hundred years since the war and and kind of you know get into that expanse space where they're expanding into the outer rim of their solar system so yeah we had decided that uh the founder of the douglas corporation was early to jazz so like yeah. all the all the planets and like planetoids and moons yeah, Thelonious as his as one of his like distant distant you know <laughs> grandchildren great 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 grandchildren right um, all have these like jazz based names yeah <laughs> Brubeck Brubeck station and Coltrane and yeah exactly yeah that was fun I like that I like that so so you guys did did I succeed in bringing you that kind of like hard science fiction feel to the game? This is me. Yeah, I will say most much more than any other hard sci-fi thing I've ever been involved with. Yes, uh, of course, you're one of the only other people I know that's like into that <laughs> kind of thing. So <laughs> most of the, most everyone else is like into weird shit. You know, give me more aliens, give me more cool powers, right? You know, nobody wants to like die from doing eight gravities worth of acceleration you know <laughs> well i think that might be the you know i didn't i didn't go too hard on you guys like i could have I been i mean i did look up how long you could hilariously i looked that the the session before i looked up how long could you survive in space without a vac suit and it turns out to be about 30 seconds which is about 10 rounds in most role-playing games. You know, five to 10 rounds, depending on your... Um, so they happen to all go into... <laughs> there was happened to be a couple characters that end up in a vacuum of space. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think, that's, I think that's fascinating to, like, try and deal with zero-G and vacuum at the same time. So uh, I just... I, I find it... The law... Like our good friends Ken and Robin, not our good friends, but well known. They always say start with Earth. Well, to me, it's start with physics, and move on. And I, I think you can have really fun times, even fantastical times, just starting with physics, and then moving on. But so I really yeah. enjoyed it. I thought it was 
especially you know i think you did a good job with the hard sci-fi like it was there but it wasn't obnoxiously so which i think is real easy i think that's a real easy trap to fall into with those games yeah, you like, can tell it wasn't too hard sci-fi because the, the lawyer like <laughs> like i didn't have i wasn't required to do math as a player to play it which i as yeah that's always the problem, I think, with hard sci-fi geeks is they're a little too in love with the math. And it's right. like you shouldn't have to know the math to be able to try and survive in that universe because you don't. You live in a hard science fiction universe, hard hard science universe, and you don't know the math, but you know what you can when pain is too high, and you you can kind of feel your way through it, right? Yeah, and I've. I've made that mistake before, right? Like, uh, Kayla will, <laughs> I think it was her first role-playing game, uh, will attest, like, I ran a Dread scenario <laughs> set in Los Alamos. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's, I think nuclear that's... Nuclear weapons, like, after World War II, it's like, no, this has physics in here, and, like, <laughs> people did not understand it, and I fucked it up, like, I should have, you know... Yep. I think your storyline was fine. I got put in a character that I should not have been the character of. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I took one semester of physics in college. I did not do well in it. Let me uh, bullshit as my first right. role-playing game. No, it didn't go well. <laughs> we went great we're still playing rpgs aren't you we're fine <laughs> i took a pause for a couple of years but yes i came back it didn't scare me off entirely yeah um... also i will say in all of however you want to call this group but in all of my dealings with this group you that is the longest running sci-fi game that i think we've ever played because we have had this like shockingly glaring like you know blind spot in sci-fi games. We played fantasy. We've done like modern horror. We've done modern games. Like, but for some reason, like we've never we've never done a lot of like long you know more than like two or three game run of anything sci-fi, hard or soft or in between. Well, I think that's that's part of like one of the interesting weirdnesses in role playings role playing because it started with fantasy almost invariably everybody is the most popular thing is fantasy like there you would think that the most popular thing according to the box office of the united states or any around the world would be superheroes right which is sure. some which is everything it's science fiction it's magic it's all that fantasy it's all that shit but like it's just for some reason role playing is sort of stuck in this modality of fantasy, right? And a lot of people can see their way into modern, but like when you go into science fiction situations, it's like uh uh it's like Star Trek. Like you would think Star Trek would be an immensely popular role playing game, and there are a few and I would like to try the Star Trek Adventures game. But it's also like playing in the military. It's like being in the military. It's like, it's like, well, are we are we a bunch of like running around, uh, and we're just like co-equals? Like we're all just playing lieutenants and we're all running around like in uh, in uh, Mamre Alpha, uh, you know? Or are we like 
in a command structure were part of the, you know, it's, it, it becomes difficult because a lot of science fiction kind of gets tied up in this militarism, right? Or you get in the science fantasy and that's a different, it's a different thing altogether, which is maybe even less popular than sci-fi. So we even had a little bit of that in the Delta V campaign, right? Where Bill's character was the captain and owner of the ship and Thelonious Douglas, my character was the rich asshole that had like, you know, funded the whole mission and was like going around. Right. So like you get those kind of dual power structure kind of things. Which I think led to some interesting conversations because it's like, well, Bill, here I'm paying you to do a thing. Do you want to do the thing? <laughs> Bill, Bill being one of our other uh, members of our Sire Night crew who happened to play the captain of the ship. Uh, because, of course, it would be really expensive for the rich asshole who isn't that rich to own a starship and just like gallivant the universe, right? So. No, no, you you lease. You never, you don't own. <laughs> that would attach liability to it. Yeah. It's much it, better to like hire a subcontractor and allow them to assume the liability. Right. If it rolls, floats, or blasts off from the space, from the surface of a planet, lease. Right. <laughs> That's what rich assholes I hear say. So, uh, but yeah, I think. I mean, go ahead. What, so, what's interesting about that, though, and. I thought about this for a long time of like, there's not really a difference between like sci-fi and fantasy, like, especially if you're not doing hard sci-fi, like, I mean, the thing that I think demonstrates it best. And now I'm going to talk about something I don't really know anything about is Warhammer 40 K. Right. Like you've got like space orcs running around fighting, you know, well, yes, like, space dwarves, space orcs, space uh elves space humans yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think the two genres are not that necessarily i don't think they necessarily have to be that far apart i mean look at uh look at star wars i mean if you just put that all on one planet instead of having them travel around space they got on a ship and sailed to the desert planet oh okay then they got on a ship and sailed to the little continent that's all one big city, you know. Star Wars I, also claims to be from a long time ago. Right. Like it. <laughs> and uh, I think you're absolutely right that, like, if you look at the early D&D shit, like Tecamel and a bunch of those other, like, historical things, like, in the early days, it was, like, serious literary fiction and then genre shit. And, like, genre shit was, like, sci-fi fantasy any kind of crazy shit like you could think of right and like some of those early D, &D things are like and your D, &D characters find the like spaceship that crashed a thousand years ago like there's some of those early D, &D adventures that have that kind of weird quality you're talking about to them like fantasy and sci-fi are just kind of all part of like weird fiction right well yeah that that's sort of like the lines are blurred. I mean, I really classify Star Wars as science fantasy. Like, I don't classify it as science fiction. I know it's science fiction, but to me, the difference between, and we could do a whole show on science fiction versus fantasy and what where the line is, but, like, essentially, uh, in science fiction, 
the rules are set and only technology can break the rules. In fantasy, the rules are set and only magic can break the rules. Like the, right. the difference is, you know, academic, I think, at that point. But I mean, you can do the same thing with Star Trek. I mean, Vulcans are elves. Like, yeah. <laughs> Klingons are orcs. Like, it, you know, I mean. Yeah, well, well, except for the fact that they were the Klingons were originally Russians uh, because it was all about, uh, you know, the Cold War, at least sure. most of the time. But yes, effectively, you could you could translate the the uh, stereotype or the uh, mold from one to the other back and forth. I mean, right? It's the same set of tropes. It's just got a different window dressing to it. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to ask a random question uh, from our patron, Jacob Toki. Uh, how did gaming go this year? I mean, we are, more games, less games? Do we run in person, still online mostly? Like, what, what would we do? Gaming was excessively busy for me this year. <laughs> Um, but well, you were running when, a business when you make or... that. Yeah, when that when you make that as part of your business, then it tends to be. Um, but let's see. So I ran many, many, many more games than I have normally done. Um, they have been both in person and online. So our group, of course, is online, and then I have in person. I have two campaigns that I play in. I had four campaigns that I just finished running. Um. And then is in that all D and D or did... yeah, yeah the the therapy groups are all D and D therapy groups are all D and D um so I just finished four um homebrew campaigns with them and then a couple of conventions I got to run indie games which was always good good time um and play in a whole bunch of different games that I've not tried before 2022 and probably several that we won't play again because there's just so many on our shelves. Oh, you should introduce your 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 animal you've you you're petting as well. Oh right. yes, um, this is going this, on on YouTube, so some people will, yes. uh, will want. Yes, this to know. is Mayhem. She thinks she is the main character in everyone's story, so she has decided that she needs to be on my lap during this podcast. Of course. Okay. Well, excellent, excellent. What about you, Nolan? What what was your role playing this year? Um, I would say my role playing didn't get more or less but it got less online like the pandemic receded and the live group started up again and simultaneously people were like mm, i don't know if i want to like make every saturday <laughs> be about online gaming right so i think all in all it was probably a wash in terms of you know amount of gaming but it moved very much towards a more open world where we do real world gaming. Uh, I'm just rolling through our roll 20 here. Like our group alone, like Delta V we just talked about uh, Paul's uh, 5e game, uh, the traveler game. Uh, I see cyborg on there. Oh, yes. Yeah, we did. We did run that cyborg uh, one shot. We did pirate board. We did pirate board on the uh, thing. I think just I don't know whether it counts as this year, or last year. There was a Cyberpunk Red just at the end of last year, beginning of this year. Mm. Well, we did. Uh, so hilariously, 
all the things that I ran, we ran for the show. <laughs> right. Except for Delta V. Except which, for Delta V, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I see uh, Gruda Lake Mysteries from Kayla, which is, uh, you know, the uh, kids on bikes mm-hmm. uh, thing we did. Uh, I ran some inspectors. Uh, I ran a fuck ton of Brindlewood Bay. Uh, I th- think Astral Mists is technically a miss. I think that closed up before. I think that closed out last year. That closed out last year. I think that's technically a miss. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, what I see on here. Uh, going through, you know, my my checklist of, you know, what I've done uh let's see here um i think we did some work board with the kind of communities the uh at least ran one of your uh work board campaigns Nibby. or i think that was I, still I, this year that or was that last year i think that was last year because we that may were... have been tech yeah last year. you're going too far back anyways i'm sorry uh so new things i've run this year include uh secrets of the uh vibrant isle uh i ran a good society lark for people uh which is you know story brewers gaming jane austen kind of thing uh i played in uh kids on bikes from kayla as we said uh junior braves of the apocalypse also kayla in that i played ritzalka uh, which is a weird game about women drowned in mystic ponds granting wishes uh, gen con <laughs> i played uh death is the only road out of town uh from grant howard and alex uh roberts as a psycho noir kind of kill simulator you can see my penchant for noir in this list I played uh, Follow by Ben Robbins. I played Fedora Noir, which is another uh, noir thing. Uh, yeah. Fate, V6 Star Wars, Expanse thing, Delta V, uh, Mouse Guard. Uh, yeah. I've done a lot of gaming this year. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul, did you do it? Did you have, do you have an outside group right now? I don't. So oh, yeah. briefly, I. So as the pandemic lightened up, I started a I I started trying to get my live group back together down here. Um, we started. It was lovely because I've got a couple people that I introduced to gaming, and one of them introduced. Just her husband decided to start playing with us. So I got. It's like my second generation of new gamers that I've got. So <laughs> I got Walenji, and then through her, I got Johanse. Um, and I was starting to run them through, and this because I kind of let Johanse pick, and he was we were going to run through Curse of Strahd in Five E, and we we got a couple games in. Um, the problem became is the problem that every live gaming group has is people have busy lives, and then getting enough players. And if you have ever tried to like get through the meat grinder that is the introduction to uh curse of strahd with a four-man party imagine how hard it is with a two-man party (laughs) that was not good so that kind of it ended up dying on the vine basically because of scheduling but we're trying to we're working on getting that back together but that was a wonderful experience um 
the other one that I did with that, and I think we may have talked about this on the show at one point, um, I tried something different with it, which was basically for session zero, I set up a fiasco game, or at least the beginning of a fiasco game, to determine how the players were related to each other. And it worked out really well. It was a fun little experiment that I did with the two of them. Um, so I did that. Uh, I played in all of the SaltCon games. There, we have an episode about that, so I won't go through all those again. But that was a lot of fun. Um, but I did not end up conventioning this year. I, I opted out of Gen Con from the beginning, and then at the last minute I pulled out a BBC big bad con um, <laughs> yeah you have whatever. to specify when you pull I'll, out the I'll big bbc i'll allow the listener to make their own interpretation of what that it's means it's not like paul to pull out a bbc exactly. <laughs> gotta push back into that dan you gotta push back into it um so yeah uh so a little bit of a, a re-emergence of live gaming between salt con and my my live group but we're still we're still working on coming out of that main the the saturday night crew is my main my main uh rpg supply there yeah and for me it's the only i mean i i talk endlessly about what i'm doing because i mean i'm on the show all the time but um the only thing i haven't talked about is i've started playing a delta green game so we actually had session zero of delta green game last week and session one today and it's actually it's it, for those longtime listeners it's brendan carrion gming uh delta green and it's adam sink uh a good good friend adam sink there and then michael colette uh who you know made some brief appearances on here and then uh mike uh or uh Halligman, is uh, somebody you may or may not heard mentioned back in the ancient days. And uh, so we're playing Delta Green and it's it's really interesting because we're like, none of us decide to be butt kicker characters. So like we have like two essentially computer scientists, uh, an EPA inspector and a, uh, and a, a media personality as our Delta Green <laughs> team. good. Yeah, uh, so like, go Delta Green loves cops a little too much. Yes, it does <laughs> love cops a little too much, but we decided to not be cops. But we are part of the, we are part of the conspiracy Delta Green conspiracy. So we're trying to figure it out. And this la this session was about trying to like somebody saw some shit and somehow turn went from Kenya to Louisiana somehow. Who can say? probably on an alternate dimension somehow popped up so we had to we i was told by my handler and we haven't figured this out yet and i can't be at the next game so we'll see what happens but i was told like he either needs to be closed mouthed and turned over to the military or he needs to be taken care of and we're not killers so <laughs> we we got him out of jail and now we're in a motel on the louisiana texas border so like <laughs> Who can say what's going to happen? It's sort of like Chekhov's uh, uh, powder that's undetectable by toxicologists. 
Chekhov's extrajudicial murder. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're on the Louisiana-Texas border, so nothing good is going to happen. That's right. That's right. Well, we were in Baton Rouge. That was where he was a, he was imprisoned. So we got him out of there. And now we've got to figure out what that's going to be. So, um, but I think for me this year has been uh, pretty good. I did have like a couple of, like two games of Pathfinder two that I didn't really talk about. Cause we didn't, we did. It was the uh, Pathfinder two module where you're playing as circus folk. So I thought that was pretty interesting cause I was promised L five R after that, but like we didn't, we didn't get very far because the, the eternal demon uh, spawn ultimate al- uh, enemy schedule uh, kind of killed it. But it was, I think it was a pretty good year. I mean, I had uh, our friend convention. I had Arizona Game Fair, RIP. I had Big Bad Con. Um, that was all like, you know, some in-person stuff. But it wasn't a lot of in-person stuff. It was still mostly online games. So, but yeah, it was pretty good. So, um. Okay, I got a, a question kind of from from two people here, Michael Marines and Sadaka one one two. Are are we looking forward to any RPGs coming up in the next year? Are we looking for new anything new, Kayla? Mm, looking forward to anything new. Um, so I'm going to say probably. Because I know that it's coming out, um, or at least going on Kickstarter next year sometime. Um, the Realms of Chimoria, which I'm allowed to talk about now, um, they have fully released starting um, packs unplugged. But it is a uh, like 5e plugin that is kind of geared towards the therapy realm. So I'm looking forward to that because I am looking forward to having more tools um, to use as a therapist and maybe not have to put so much much time and energy into constructing the perfect uh, therapy campaign. That would be super helpful. Um, So that is one. I have a couple on my shelf that I like really want to try to get played next year. Um, I just picked up Women Are Werewolves. Um, so I want to try and play that because that looks really interesting. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like sitting on my shelf that I definitely want to try and get it. So, um, I have a couple of like duet RPGs that I want to read through. Um, but yeah, I think that those are the, the primary things, but again, that's going to be more for the therapy realm. So like, how can I pull... Uh, some more gaming into individual sessions even. I mean, when they get closer to that, and I know that I've said and people that we're not here to promote Kickstarters, but when they get closer, I'd like to have another RPG Therapeutics episode and bring those people on. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anytime soon. No, we can also add uh, the Chimoria stuff to our list now that I know it's not. Yeah. NDA, like we all yes. played a play test of. Yes. Like, yeah. I thought it, that was it, cool. uh, non disclosure, but it yeah, is yeah. not. It got released on uh, uh, for PAX Unplugged. They premiered it and did a whole 
launch, so it is out in the wild now. Yeah. Uh, if you could send me a link, I'll put it in the show notes. So. Will do. Anyway, uh, Nolan, are you are you looking forward to anything new next year? I'm looking forward to new-ish things. I've probably only got one real new thing, but like I'm looking to get getting. I'm looking forward to getting some things to the table. Uh, so I would like to play and or run Hearts of Lin. Ooh, nice. Uh, that arrived this year, and I have not done it yet. And that is up my alley, so that's a thing that should happen. I also have a weird desire to go through a some serious, like something with some big tread game energy, which is also not what you expect from me. I think we should all do some red markets. I think we should do some zombie apocalypse economic horror about how, like, the world has ended and zombies are everywhere and you still have to pay the rent and god damn it doesn't it suck that you still have to pay the rent well zombies are trying to chew your fucking face off like ultimate late stage capitalism <laughs> ultimate very late stage capitalism <laughs> yes uh i don't know why that game has caught my attention like i do love the things that like caleb stokes makes but like weirdly i like the weird like what I've seen of the actual plays of it, it has a weird, like, breaking point where it's like, oh, you're on the fence of your compound, like, using a spear to, like, stab zombies. Like, that's basically free. And, like, then you get in the actual out doing your job trying to, like, collect treasure and so forth so you can live another day and feed your gun and, like, maintain your vehicle or whatever. Uh, and, like, just something little goes wrong and then it all starts to turn. <laughs> I like that like aspect of it of like everything was fine, everything was fine. We had everything under control and then like no, you don't have it under control. So uh I have a weird desire to play that, even though it's not my usual kind of thing. Uh I know just after the new year, uh Paul is planning to run Swords of the Serpentine, and I am hyped for that. I'll, I'll let him talk about that. Uh, and of the actual new things that will be released next year, or at least knock on wood will be released given Kickstarter schedules, uh, I do kind of want everyone to come out here near me uh, and play uh, Old Gods of Appalachia out in the, like, Yes. Backwoods of West Virginia outside DC. And oh, that'd be like, so much fun. In a camp around a campfire. Well, <laughs> like, I have good news for you. You count Kayla's house as the backwoods of <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> we may be being there. Yeah. Yeah. We can all like go out in the like wilderness and like have a nice fall marshmallow roast and uh play old gods of Appalachia around the uh campfire. That seems uh good. I do love that like radio show podcast thing so that that would be good fun for me those are my like four items i had for next year paul are you looking well, I, forward to anything new i am as nolan said it's not precisely new but it's certainly new for us and new ish is swords of the serpentine coming soon to a saturday online gaming group near you uh i'm putting together something for the saturday crew that i'm 
very hopeful for. I also, like again, want to get the aforementioned live group back together and run either continue Curse of Strahd or something else, whatever they're interested in. The other aspiration I have is Tales of Equestria because every <laughs> pony loves Tales of Equestria. What? This is by no means a new what? game, but it is new to me. Um, I have a, uh, I do have a, a little show running around and I think it would be a good gateway drug. I mean, gateway game or, I mean, introductory game for, uh, for a young child. So I kind of want to, I kind of want to run that for her. So that's one of my, uh, aspirations. She's super into it. I, there's been a couple times I've been in my office working and she's come in and like pulled them off the book and we'll just like kind of flip through them. I was like, yes, yes. First one's free child. First one's free. It's just hook working. it to my veins. Just hook it to my veins. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, when they asked this question, I was like, okay, I'll look, like go look and see what's coming up. If, if anything is on the schedule and like, I couldn't come up with anything that like the closest thing I could say that might be released next year and who could say, I'm sure they will, but like, is the Blade Runner RPG, but like I resisted the Kickstarter and, and it's not what, I mean, like I love Blade Runner and even Blade Runner 2049 is really great. And 20, uh, you know, uh, but like, I, I just resist it. I don't know why I'm resisting. And maybe because, it just like it's so perfect in my mind it's hard to like imagine playing in the blade runner universe uh, and like you know that sort of thing but like i just the, i think the real answer is it's probably a game i've never heard of that will be the game i'm looking forward the most of because i want those new people, the diverse people, somebody to come up with something I've never heard of that I'm super excited about. Um, I, you know, I want to, I'm going to keep trying to bring science fiction back to the Saturday night crew. Uh, once we're finished with swords of the serpentine, like run something else. Uh, uh, mothership, mothership one E sounds like fun, but I'd like to just, you know, I even get the mothership I have on my shelf out and just play that. Um, so trying to come up with what I'm looking forward to this next year is like, to be honest, I don't know because there's a lot of Kickstarters and a lot of other things that we just don't know yet. Uh, um, I mean, to me, that's the real answer. Um, yeah, but, not to mention the tremendous like churn on itch of like, oh, there's like, like 60 shit million that will be games. invented that we haven't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, or the world is on fire. Here's a an itchio bundle for like whatever support cause, and then you get like a bunch of really cool RPG stuff. Get in there. Ten thousand RPG games. Yeah. yeah. Good luck sorting through them. Yeah. Five. Here's five hundred RPG PDFs. Would you like to play any of them? Like, yes, I would. Do I no have time? I, no. No one no. I have actually talked about this before, and I think he thinks I'm a little crazy about this, but like when you have those like enormous humble bundles, like it actually oddly turns me off when they get so big <laughs> because the idea of like sorting through it and like trying to give five seconds of attention to each of them. I'm so like, 
overwhelming to me that <laughs> I just like don't want any part of it. I know that's strange. Like you've given me too much for my money, but it nevertheless. Yeah. Well, there's a point in which there's a point in which like eating sugar, like you want sugar all the time. And they're like, Oh, I'm so I'm done with sugar. And they keep eating sugar. And like, I'm think I'm feeling, feeling sick. Like it's, it's that sort of feeling that I get from itch. Like I love stuff on itch, but like, I have to like, I need to filter through it to find the things I'm really interested in. And then filter through that to stuff that I might really do something with. So like there, there's a multiple levels of, of things. So, so like, you know, just to attack you here, like not attack you, attack uh, like make random, like whatever, like, do Come we have a bro. role? Do we have a role in like recommending good shit from those bundles? Like oh, we're a podcast. Fair. We have a, I, I, voice. I think like, I think that's I mean, I don't want to get into that yet. We'll get into that in the end of the show here. But like the answer is yes. The answer is yes. We should be filtering through those things to help our audience find things that are cool. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Anyways, <laughs> this really is the shots fired episode of FMRP. Whatever. Look, I've got three holes in my head already, so, like, let's just keep going until, like, my head is just one big, giant, like, I just a neck. Like, it's a magnificent beard and a neck. Uh, I realize that uh, I have one other thing that is sitting on my shelf literally in my office that I have, like, been looking at and need to make time for at some point is to read through the Girl Genius RPG that got released this year. Um because I think it mainly because I want to see if it would be cool to run for like girls in like a like girl empowerment group, but also because I liked the comics a bit. So yeah, no, that would be great. I love those comics. Nice yeah. hat. I like GURPS less, but I, <laughs> I love those comics. <laughs> Are you coming up to make an appearance? I mean, Paul GURPS would like to say I. Hello, Taco. Ta uh, Paul <laughs> Paul is holding up his Chihuahua named Taco. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Fun like fact. <laughs> chihuahuas were originally bred for meat. So tacos descendants were in fact tacos. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, but this sort of feeds into, uh, literally feeds into ancestors. Not to say, God His descendants will not be tacos. I assure you. Right. <laughs> um, any thoughts on future live plays? Like we, we, we did the, uh, the Morkborg uh, uh, last year and we did Pyroborg this year. Um, and they're, they're asking like cyborg or uh, uh, death in space or the expanse. And I'm like, and that this is Sardaukar continuing. Um, I, you know, I think it, it has to strike the, just the right chord for us to like do it like, or when we want to do it. To, that becomes something we want to do on air but i'm up for whatever it just it's not our it's not our brand except for when it was anyways <laughs> anybody want to jump in on that yeah i agree like actual plays on this thing are sometimes food on this channel seem to be like a sometimes food right like uh i think they're good but 
we don't, you know, that's not our brand. You know, we're not voice actors. We're not comedians. We're not the experts at that kind of thing. Like making it super entertaining for people who are just like, I want to hear a good story. Um, you know, I think we have a certain role to play when we say, okay, we're going to play this game through and we're like not unentertaining players, but we can have a view on like how the rules uh, worked out in play, how, you know, what they say about, you know, role-playing technology and role-playing as part of society. Like, I think those things are good, right? Like, I think we have a role to play there. I think, but, you know, like RBK says, like, unless it lines up with our interests and, you know, what, and the audience's interest, like, it's not something we do all the time here on this channel. It's not what this channel's known for, right? Right. And, and like, the Pyreborg thing came along because, like, I'm friends with Luke, the creator, through some some Patreon activities, but, like, and I wanted something fun for Halloween, so like it was like it lined up or like you know like there's all kinds of games we could be playing like i would you know if if you have like some deep desires to hear us play some like vampire the masquerade or or something you know point a game at us and like say hey this is this would be really cool to hear you guys play like i'm i'm for it but it's just got to be the right fit and i want the, to me having conversation because there's plenty of people that are doing these actual plays that are a lot of fun but i think that there's like a it, it we're like inter, we, it has to intersect with what we're doing which is like having interesting conversations or uh, just an interesting game comes along so like red markets might be a good answer to that actually so yeah, I mean, I would say for me, I don't consume actual plays as a rule. Like, it's just not my thing. I'm not, not saying there's anything bad about them or, you know, anyone, you know, no judgment of no, anyone who no does. Kink, They're no just kink not shaping. My thing. No, no kink, kink shaming. shaming. No kink shaming. <laughs> so it's frankly not something I, I think about doing a lot. Um, you know, I mean, I would say if there's a demand to listen to us sit around and you know, digress for 40 minutes of an hour and then role play for the other 20 minutes. Like I, you know, who are we to tell the people no, but uh, I, I think that's part of why I don't think about it. And then, you know, I'm not particularly opposed to it, but that's, that's my thought on it. I mean, I would like to record that girl genius game. You're going to run Kayla personally i think that would be a fascinating thing to see people play because i know how important that comic book comic is um uh, and it's something that i think people would be interested in it sort of aligns with the idea of what we do here but like it doesn't have to be that but it's it's not necessarily us but it's just that's the only <laughs> that's what I was, what I was thinking so okay cool yeah no i'm i like uh Unlike Paul, I am 
I do I don't usually watch uh the live plays unless I am looking for something specifically like need to know how to like run a it's a better way for me to learn how to run rules for games sometimes so or at least see how other people are using them so I like having them in existence because um that kind of gives me some source material on oh okay it's handled this way or oh okay that's a way I could handle it if this situation comes up um so I do appreciate the people that are putting that content out um, very much so. Uh, and I have picked up a couple just for funsies. Um, but yeah, no, I'm usually down to try out new things. Um, I've definitely this year has been stepping out of my comfort zone in that uh, quite a bit um, with playing some games that I was like, always like, nah, nope, I'm good. And then trying them out and actually really enjoying them. So I'm trying to have more of an open mind towards things, um, especially as we go into 2023. Yeah, I want to wholeheartedly agree with Kayla there. Like watching an actual play or anything like that to learn the rules of a game, like Games used to be like transmitted orally, like where you, you know, no one would understand how to play D&D or whatever until you like went over to your friend's house and like saw it played and they're like, oh, I get it now. But, like now we have this whole YouTube and podcast actual play like culture that like really helps spread that like secret knowledge of what it is to have these like conversations about like, hey, this is what the world's going on in the world. What do you do? And then get the answer back and then like you know that whole thing is like not intuitive to people and it's hard to write down in a book but like actual plays and that kind of thing have really opened that up and like kill is absolutely right if you want to learn the rules for a game without like reading a giant trad book like an actual play is a fantastic way and like i do it myself too when i get ready to prep a game i haven't run before yeah boiling things down i mean like I mean, if I'm learning something, I'll usually like read the book and like write myself like single line notes of what that is. But yeah, I mean, I can see certainly watching somebody else play and then reusing and writing down like, okay, this is how this works is a perfectly fine way of doing it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's not generally how I do it, but like, board games is probably closer if i'm gonna run a board game like i'm probably gonna watch it this is how it's played instead of reading the manual because man those manuals on board games are terrible anyways uh one more question from sardaukar one one two uh planning to attend any cons what cons are we planning to attend well what about you uh paul are you planning on attending any cons this year well, I'll be attending SaltCon. I can't remember what the proper number is, but Dan will give you the wrong oh, number. Oh, gods. Um, <laughs> we're not so going to find about this on the air. No, we're not. <laughs> no, not on the air. But one day, one day it will spread. And there will be holy war about what number the SaltCon is. Um, so I will definitely be going to SaltCon. I would like to go to either Big Bad Con or Gen Con. I'm frankly leaning towards Big Bad Con at this point just because it's smaller. And from the report that I got back from you all, it seems like a good time. Um, so I definitely want to go to both SaltCon and, you know, a more public con at some point this year. And for the benefit of the listeners, SaltCon is our local friend group con where we all... Yep. It, it, it's almost like it's Full Metal RPG con at this point because it's really just 
us, the people that are on this, and a couple more people. So, like, let's just say there's there's people that haven't been on the show. That's true. That's true. Only because they're shy. But that's um, yet they haven't been on the show yet. Right. But, but the but essentially it's it's our little like our friend group, our Saturday night crew, plus a few others that show up and play in person. Uh, we have an there's an episode about it. Yeah. See, a couple back. See editor's note. See like you know something from last April. Uh, Noland, are you going to anything? I mean, I think it's most likely I'm doing Gen Con, Salt Con this year. Um, just because I have family in Indiana and Gen Con is just wildly convenient in that regard that I get to, you know, do a trip to see family combined with a con trip, you know. Um, I have very much considered Big Bad Con. I may do that instead if the group is doing big bad con uh and also this year i've noticed that i'm within striking distance of packs and plug and i expect kayla will tell us more about that in a moment uh but um you know that may be something i dip up to for a day or so just to like scope it out and see how that is uh but no i don't have big con plans for next year but those are my general thoughts kayla um well i will definitely be at salt con um <laughs> big being the host this year <laughs> right uh and then uh i will be at gen con for a couple of days i'm hoping to go for their um their vendor day again this year and get to do like maybe even put together a talk for that um because i found it pretty interesting um the probably uh i did enjoy big bad con i'll have to see like what my crazy schedule looks like though um and then pax unplugged was nice to just like run up to for a day um i suspect that with kind of like my collaboration with geek therapeutics um I'll probably be attending more cons uh, next year. Like this was kind of a con heavy year for me. Um, and I'll probably be at more next year as well, just because uh, business stuff. Fair enough. Um, for me, I'm definitely be at salt con, but like, uh, I definitely think it's been so long since I've been to Gen Con. I really want to go to Gen Con next year. And depending on, the COVID policy at Big Bad Con, I might be back. I really had a lot of fun, but I really don't want to wear a mask that long again because it was really taxing. But I I get it. I do. I really do. But I'm going to – I'm just going to chance it. <laughs> at this point, we're, you know, this far in. But, uh, you know, our – uh, I'll probably go to uh, maybe one or two local conventions since uh, Arizona Game Fair, rest in peace, is gone. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But that's I I I would like to maybe go to um, OrcaCon or one of the LA cons at some point because there's a lot of 
cool people, people I know that go to those. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know if I have time. <laughs> I, yeah, I if there's no errors, if there's no errors on a game fair, that gives breathing space for RBK, RBKCon. <laughs> right. Uh, which would be uh, interesting. Your your imagination is better than the joke I was going to make. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, conventions or, uh, you know, I, I would like to go and play now that I'm not running anything. I'd like to play more, but that's and I had a good time this year. Uh, I actually had one day off at Arizona Game Fair and I uh, wrote my wife into playing a game with Alan Barr. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so that's actually a question that I will throw to you and Kayla. What is it? How would you compare and contrast like being at a convention as a guest versus somebody either running the con or like working the con? Um, I, I think the thing, the thing that is always, it's like this weight when you're running something or working a booth or running a convention, there's this like, yeah, you can go play a thing, but there's always this like, at least for me, there's always this thing in the back of my mind that's like, oh, I should be like, I, I, I need to get back to this thing that I'm responsible for. That's that's always my problem with doing things of these. And this, this year I happen to have somebody like helping me things. So I was able to like, you know, do enough ahead of time that like they took care of the thing I was running for a day while I, my wife and I played some things. So, but I, I still ended up working that day a little bit. So I don't know about you, Kayla, but that sort of was my experience. Yeah. I, I actually went up to PAX Unplugged just to work. Basically. Um, I knew I was going to be meeting up with some, um, some of my colleagues that I haven't actually met in person through geek therapeutics. So that was pretty exciting. Um, but I found that like, because of my business now and like, because I attend like the vendor stuff, um, I'm definitely much more like social with many more people than I think I used to be at conventions where it was kind of like, just miss like mix up with uh, the friend group or whatever. And then like, May, like say hello to the fellow players and play our game and move on now i'm like much more likely to uh talk with lots and lots of people <laughs> and find out what they do and find out like more about them like i i know that that's what i at the geek therapeutics booth that i was working um i was definitely having many more conversations and then uh afterwards i convinced tyler to just walk the the vendor hall so that i could go around and um actually found a couple of booths to like talk with people um that are kind of in the same space that i am i found a, a booth that was just on like uh volunteering at hospitals and playing video games um with kiddos like and like different video games that are useful to kiddos so i was like oh that's up my alley let me go hmm. coordinate with them <laughs> and uh found an artist who is like working on trying to come up or trying to make an R rpg um he's not ready for kickstarter yet but like for the younger kiddos um and so i was talking with him a bit because uh that would obviously be a very good thing for me to know about um because some of these games are really complicated especially for the younger kids and so if we can get like a more simplified version that's easier then that might be something where i can kind of expand to a little bit younger of um 
clients, which I know that there's a demand for, like, just from the parents reaching out. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like, I don't have anything for you right now. I don't have games that I can run for your kiddos. Um, and yeah, so I think that's the main difference. Yeah, I know. But I, so my problem, Paul, is that I have never been super into My Little Pony. And I don't know if it's just because of the age that I grew up in or what, but like, I missed My Little Pony. Now, I'm going to say this as a four-year-old man. <laughs> My Little Pony and the Magic of Friendship is an excellent television show. They are not a sponsor of Full Metal RPG to the shock of no one, but <laughs> it is a wonderful show and it is very well written. Well, yeah, I, I haven't checked that one out, Dan. Uh, he's holding up Golden Sky Stories. Um, but I, I do have Little Wizards on my uh, bookshelf that I need to read through as well. So there's options. I just haven't dug through them very much. And also because, like, I'm already insanely busy with groups anyways. Like, I, I feel like four, um, four campaigns is a lot to manage <laughs> in a 12-week time period. So, uh, yeah, I haven't done, I haven't had a ton of time to dig into that. But Four D&D games. <laughs> yes. Yes, four D&D games. And then I play in two D&D games. It was very confusing times there for a while. And, and, and well, I will addendum that when you're heading a podcast, there's always this, like, demand on trying to hustle. <laughs> like, at least that's in my head. Like, I got to be, like, hustling at all times if I'm at a convention. Like, when I was a big bad con, like, I had a, I had a pocket full of full metal RPG dice. I was, like handing out as like my calling card to try and like get people interested in the convention or in the, in the podcast or, and, or be like, Hey, if you've got something interesting to talk about, like, let me know, like, <laughs> here's some, here's some dice, right? That's sort of, you know, the working relationship with the convention is, is a very interesting one, but, uh, um, one more question. I, I think it, <laughs> The patrons are are the best. Let me just take a break here before I ask this last question, which is a bit heavy. But like, the as I asked the question, hey, what do you have any questions for us to like talk about while we're drinking and or uh, talking about bullshitting about games? And they're like bringing it, and then like it gets into like Kickstarter fatigue, and they just go off on their own amazing conversation. So, like, if you want to be a patron and be part of these amazing conversations when it happens, talking about Kickstarter bubbles and behind the curtain stuff with some publishers and some cool stuff that happens kind of in our patron chat. Um, but it's just one of those things where, like, it was like, oh, well, I guess the questions are done. Now we're going to talk about something else <laughs> and we're going to just leave you guys behind and talk about something else amazing. But like. The question from from Mr. Sink, the illustrious and alumni, Mr. Adam Sink, is the RPG industry in a waning phase? Is it feels like last year there were RPGs coming out every edge case property, and now it feels like market has become saturated and people are worn out. Did Kickstarter factor into this? And uh, also, when are we playing Weston Star Wars? Which I should I should get Adam about. <laughs> I don't know, Woodfin. When are we playing West End Star Wars? <laughs> that that is kind of funny that he was asking about that. So, but it's shots it's, fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. 
are we waxing or waning as an industry? Um, sure. I don't think it's in decline, but I think it's like a you know, I have no okay. First, we're gonna have the preamble hunt where I say I am not a fucking expert here, right? Like there's so many people in the no Discord. one on this call is an expert on the industry, PS. Right. Yeah. Uh like I don't publish anything, so giant boulder of salt take it with this uh but i feel like it's not in decline but it's definitely like kind of necessary leveling off after the covid boom like between the skyrocketing skyrocketing demand for games over lockdown like either people were playing games online or they were kind of like imagining they were going to run games like and just buying the you know kickstarting the games hoping you know to get that imaginative joy of like closet drama sitting there reading their game books thinking, oh, this will be such a great experience once the lockdown's over. There's just such a boom of this kind of thing over the pandemic. Uh, and that was combined kind of with crazy supply chain nonsense of the inability to actually print games, get them and ship games, right? Getting them to people. Like it was too hot and, you know, it had to come down at some point you know uh so i don't think it's necessarily a bust per se like big crash but i think it needs to level off and maybe dip a bit like it just seems like the forces involved there are necessary uh, i also noticed alan in the discord who actually does have way more experience and knowledge than me saying that he thought the the marketing of rpgs and like trying to get attention to your new rpg was just like way oversaturated also and i'm not an expert as i said but that feels right to me also like that uh that there's a lot of demands like look at my new kickstarter thing and it's like eh, i'm done with that you know <laughs> well it, it, it's sort of the implosion of uh social media that has sort of like made marketing and i feel like the part of the kickstarter was all about fomo that that like was built a little bit on the social media but like with to me social media kind of imploding like i don't go on facebook anymore i don't feel this like need that i need to keep up with facebook uh twitter i read it but i don't feel sometimes but i don't feel like i'm like getting into this fomo circle with twitter Um, it's time to get out of that dumpster fire too sure sure i get it but like you know whatever anyways but like instagram is not like this like oh people are like really talking to each other anymore on instagram they're just like posting pictures and not getting much response like and like it seems like the fomo machine has broken down like that's why the marketing game has changed and it's sort of splintered and you've gotten kind of back into the days where like and I hope this is the case where like things can just happen and you're like, holy shit, that's a thing now. Like that, that would be great that I would love that to like, not know that there's like an amazing RPG that just shows up on the shelf or like, I remember like, Oh, that's a thing. Like, you know, to be surprised is something that we were lacking for the last decade. Basically it was like, there was no surprise. Like, Oh yeah, that's a thing. Okay we're good we're good so 
Yeah, I feel like the whole Kickstarter thing has been like drinking from a fire hose, right? <laughs> like there's just so much stuff and I still feel like I am drinking from a fire hose in many uh, aspects because I feel like there's so many games coming out anyways that I don't even know about. Um, and again, I have no idea of the industry. I can just like from a personal experience tell you that I just feel like there's just a ton of stuff coming out. And so it would have to slow down a lot, I think, before I would really fully notice that we're slowing down. Um, just because like, I'm sure if I can go on Kickstarter right now, I'll find a whole bunch of crap that I could uh, spend a lot of time looking at. Um, but I have also been a little burnt out on the Kickstarter thing. So yeah, there was a lot of people that were express, or at least specifically Patrick, uh, was expressing like some Kickstarter fatigue, and I feel that, like that, I I feel that as well. Like I, I used to check Kickstarter every day for some new stuff, and Full Metal RPG at the time back in the day was like, oh shit, every time a new episode would drop, it'd be like a new Kickstarter that I had to immediately back. Like, and there are some things like that, like that I immediately find, but like, it's. Like compared to those Halcyon days of like 2015, like we are like way lower on projects that I really want to back anymore. So like, it's like, I've got this huge shelf of things I haven't played <laughs> and I want to play. It's like, that's part of like what I'm looking forward to in 2016 or 20, 2016, 2023 gods what <laughs> let's yeah the 2016 wasn't the best year Maybe look i'm, go back I'm a, to that one yeah i'm on my third beer so let's just i was gonna say of all the years to go back to i do not think 2016 would be the one i would pick. <laughs> well, that's 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 the year our delta green game is going on in so things are get things are gonna get weird um anyways <laughs> um yeah so i just wanted i feel like that's the we're kind of at the end of the show here and I wanted to say a couple things season. This is the end of season four season five is going to be a lot more of the f more faces than my stupid face are going to be on here. And that means that all the people that are on here, Paul and Kayla and Nolan are going to be more on more often and they're going to bring their own specialties to this. This is the kind of, soft launch of season five and maybe we're going to be talking about some uh some new branding uh some new things going to happen uh in the new year uh but i'm hoping to bring everybody along that likes what i've been doing in the last year it's been a hard year for me uh and i really appreciate the support of everyone that has come along on this weird uh uphill downhill my emotional swings and in being involved uh journey so i really appreciate that i really appreciate all of you um especially the patrons but i appreciate anybody that listens to this if you have some notes uh hit me up at full metal rpg uh biz uh dot at gmail.com uh i'll put the link uh, email link in the show notes uh but has anybody got anything else you'd, they'd like to say before we put a bow on this and finish our beers? Okay. Happy, happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Happy, yes. 
Hail Satan. Like. <laughs> Hail Krampus. Hail Satan. Hail New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, happy any holiday you want to bring in. So Hopefully happy 2023 filled with lots and lots of new games and lots and lots of fun. Yes. So. Absolutely. So stay out there. Keep playing. And uh, hope we all have a game-tastic 2023. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much. Rock. <laughs>